Hello and welcome back to the Couch GM Podcast. My name is Ryan Parker and I'm joined, as always, by Matt, the Red Sox one, Chamberlain. Someone give me a Kike Hernandez jersey. For real. Mm. Mm. I mean, that dude, I, I swear he's got a hit in like 18 straight play appearances. Um, yeah. No. And again, again, clarifying all the listeners, don't watch baseball. <laughs> baseball give sucks. Sox, give me the Red Sox in October, ninth inning or later. And I'm basically in. You know? <laughs> You'll Those watch are, the ninth, the bottom of the ninth. This is yeah, essentially what yeah, you're yeah. saying. Let's, yeah. Let's, watch, let's win the game or strike them out to close out the series or something, you know? Was it the 11th last night where it was just like bad? It was like just done, done, done. Didn't like it. But man, the, that 13th inning had me reeling uh, from uh, game three. Mm. Yeah, that was this uh, Red Sox run. It's kind of been fun just because they beat the Yankees to do it. And that's all they care about, you know? Beat the Yankees. I, I got to just slightly care about one thing, and that's beating your rival. And I don't know anything about that, so. <laughs> oh gosh, yeah. but no, send a Rod packing from the booth. Mm. Get mm. him out. Yeah, Gone. get him out of here. You know, so no, nah, I'm like I- I'm gonna watch about zero seconds of like the next series, probably with the Astros, maybe the White Sox, unless again we get this ninth inning or later drama. Like I'll mm. go back and watch it, but you know, I ain't in on it. Like seriously, I was like, do I put on like tonight? I was like, do I put on Monday Night Football? Do I put on the baseball game? Do I put on 76ers, Nets preseason? And it was very, it was like, I was much more inclined to watch Monday Night Football or the preseason. Mm. You know? Mm. Yeah. But. Yeah, that says a lot when you're willing to watch preseason of basketball versus, you know, the postseason of baseball so yeah, baseball sucks minutes it's just fun whenever the like, yankees lose we can all agree on that there we go nothing brings <laughs> americans together better than that <laughs> it, before we get too much further into episode 123 of the basketball podcast we're going to be talking about the western conference today talk about some news uh but first let me remind you to follow us on our social media twitter and instagram if you search for couch gm podcast You'll be able to find our logo logo there. And if you haven't already, give us a rating or a view on the podcast platform of your choice and make sure you're subscribing uh, to our feeds. If you missed episode 122, we uh, put on our doctor's jackets and tried to talk about some NBA vaccine situations. And then we took off, quickly took off our doctor's jackets and then talk, talked about Ben Simmons. Uh which is going to be a theme. And then we whipped out the trade machine uh, and tried to get Ben Simmons anywhere other than Philly. And turns out that's pretty tough. Yeah. And then it's like, it just doesn't stop, Ryan. Back on it this week. Again, getting to the news now. Like, what are we doing here, Ryan? Like, all of a sudden, like, Ben Simmons camp is like, you know what? Let's not get fined. You know, $800,000 every week doesn't seem to be working out for us. It's like, yeah, no, it doesn't. Like, so apparently, like, they've gone to the NBA PA and be like, hey, look, like, can we really not get this money back that we're being fined? They're like, no. Like, 
<laughs> you can't. Um, I know Bobby Marks was on the Low Post Pod, yeah. and talking about this, like they put it so in escrow. Did a really smart job of like they didn't give Simmons the money; they put it in like a separate bank account and just like start deducted from it, you know. So, and yeah, once it's deducted, it does not ever have to be put back in, even once traded. Mm. No team can negotiate that, but it does not have to happen. So uh, I'm sure that inclined to Simmons camp to be like, well, you know what? <laughs> Maybe, Maybe Philly isn't that bad in October. Cheese steaks and stuff. Um, My favorite thing about this whole Ben Simmons situation is that he essentially lit a match and threw it on just a ton of gasoline. And then now he's trying to like pick up the ashes and like put this all back together, which is like the best thing ever. Yeah, for some reason that's not working, Ryan. Um, I can't imagine why. I love that Joel Embiid's basically like, yeah, I said what I said. I'll say it again. <laughs> uh, Let me say it for anybody sitting louder in the back. Yeah. Um, Doc Rivers kind of going back and forth now, though. I don't know. I think I don't know what to do here, Ryan, besides, like, I guess, like, we're going to see Ben Simmons at a Philadelphia 76er practice in the near future, I guess. I just, it, it's, uh, it's, it's, but he might be there. It's much like his, uh, uh, gym videos, you know, his three point shooting videos mm. that get put out during the summer. I just don't care. Like, I just don't care. Like Ben Simmons, I, I've kind of made this point, I think, earlier. It's like he hasn't gotten better on offense, so therefore he's a role player. To me, he's a role player. He's not a superstar. And therefore, like, do what you want, Ben Simmons. You're getting overpaid, and you clearly have not worked on your offensive game in, what, four or five years now? So just whatever. Do whatever you want. Yeah. Uh, you know, we can we can continue to rehash the Ben Simmons bit basketball wise. You know, we'll we'll leave it there for now. We'll leave it there. Mm, this is supposed mm. to be on conference day. Um, the East gets our attention next week. So a couple uh, roster notes here. So Lakers getting hit hard by the injury bug. Um, I wonder if something's going around the nursing home down there, Ryan. Um, Taylor Horton Tucker, <laughs> torn ligament in his right thumb. He's going to undergo surgery, timetable, TBD. Mm-hmm. Trevor Reza, out eight weeks with an ankle injury, had a procedure done on it. I feel like that one just kind of slipped under the news. Like, yeah. Not that I think Reza is good at this point in his career, but like the projected was, starting forward. He was kind of a linchpin in that Lakers lineup, which is, says more about the Lakers than anything else. Yeah. Um, so that's a thing. Um, we're not going to see him until darn almost Christmas. Um, and then the Warriors waved Langston Galloway, um, probably going to try and, you know, help that salary cap out there at the back end of that roster. And then an interesting story that we're not going to spend a lot of time on though, because Again, our our expertise levels, as we proved last week with the vaccine conversation, are uh, limited outside of actual basketball, Ryan. Mm. But shout out first team all fraud. Um, a dozen plus NBA players getting thoroughly <laughs> indicted for med 
like medical fraud, um, like taking money from the league. So don't really know what to do with that. But like, shout out Tony Allen, like get your money, like straight up though. Like, I don't even care. I know we were texting about this. I think the NBA might want to reel this one in a little bit before it goes too far, Ryan. Yeah, you made a great point about that when you texted me. And and what you said was like, I don't, is this situation going to turn into like the NFL where it's like, yeah, these guys were really not, like they played through concussions, like they played through all this stuff and all this stuff is going to start coming out and these like federal indictments um, or, you know, testimony or whatever. And I, I think you're right. I don't know if the NBA wants all that junk baggage, if you will, just floating out, out there. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like, oh, yeah, I was playing on a, you know, semi-ruptured, like, hamstring or whatever. Mm. But the team wouldn't put it on the, like, the severity of it, like, on the medical report, like, the injury report. So, like, I was listed as questionable hamstring. Right. And was forced to go out there because at the time my contract was non-guaranteed. Right. So I played. And then, so, yeah, I fudged it on the back end. But. Right. And I, I mean, like, I think it goes into, like, I think mainly like, when you start talking about concussions, like the NBA doesn't, like, it's, it, it's pretty physical sport. And. I don't think there's a lot of talk around concussion and like safety protocols in basketball, but like you're diving on a hardwood floor and you're telling me Tony Allen didn't play through at least one concussion in his playing career. Sure. No, I know. I I fully believe it. So again, I think the NBA is probably better to rein this one in before it goes too far. You know, I don't know how much say like they get in this again, our legal expertise here limited um but like yeah if they were the ones kind of bringing this all up and pressing the charges you know you know uh for some reason big big corporation in legal lawsuit doesn't always go the way they plan for it to ryan so 100 percent. let's let's get to the main topic for mm. today talking about the west uh we're gonna really spend our time on this main topic, which is our predictions for how the Western conference will turn out this year. And then tied to that is a next um, small segment of ours. We're going to go season over unders uh, mm. win totals. And we're going to give three each from the West only that we like that we think are worth betting on. And so obviously they will be kind of tied to where we have them in our rankings. So let's just let's do the rankings first, though, Ryan. We'll start at the top. We're gonna start at the bottom. Um, let's start at the bottom. Let's right. change it up this year. So that bottom tier play-in ish level teams. I'll let you go first. So yeah, we've it, over the over what this is our fourth year doing this podcast yeah. specifically. So we do ours in our tier system, like Matt mentioned. Um. And so my like bottom tier here play in is eight, nine, 10. Um, and that consists of the Clippers, the Pelicans and the Grizzlies. Um, that group makes me really nervous, Matt, but we can talk about that more 
uh, here in a second. What is your bottom tier? So I have two of the same teams as you. Mm. I agree with the Pels. I think they'll just get enough together. We'll talk more in a minute. I do agree with the Clippers being in that group, but I do not have the Grizzlies, and we'll talk more and more about them here. I got the, uh, for whatever reason, I'm going with the Minnesota Timberwolves here. And all right, so here, let's just, let's go with the Wolves. Let's go okay, here. Let's do so, it. I, I obviously have them in. You kind of had them in kind of that first team out, second team out range. Maybe lower than, I don't know. I can only see rankings 10. To me, one, I'm like semi hedging a bet here with the Ben Simmons trade. Mm. But two, I mean, I was a big Anthony Edwards advocate when he came to the draft. I, I say he should be a number one pick. You know, preseason, but he's looked good, looked fine. I thought he had a good rookie year. Mm-hmm. Like Cat, I like that he, you know, doesn't have COVID and he's not going to lose 50 pounds mid-year. Mm. Um, I, I'm a little worried about the actual roster, but I, I see enough here. Plus, Chris Finch is like actually kind of a good coach. Like as we saw, like after he took over that job, I I just think that there's got to be some momentum for Minnesota. And if it's not, you know, tangibly carried out in the way of a Ben Simmons trade, I, I think I see a move for them. You know, they're going to be one of those teams that's good enough at the deadline to make a move and be like, okay, we're going to, you know, buy low in on a piece, you know, mm. that usually that's something like the Nuggets would do or something like the Celtics would do. They're like, no, we're going to do that this year. Try and get a guy. I don't know who, obviously. But let's get some more depth at the, you know, wink. Let's go, you know, lottery protected first to get a guy. Kyle Anderson or, Kyle Anderson or something, you know? Mm-hmm. So something in that vein. I feel that from Minnesota. I think they can get into the low end of the play-in here. Mm-hmm. Be playing for their lives. But I think they can get in here. Yeah, I, I mean, like, this team's interesting. Like, I think we had a lengthy discussion about it last season, but we were talking about Carl Anthony Towns um, and his development. Their roster isn't bad. Like, that, I like the Patrick Beverly trade for them in the yeah. offseason. Um, I've been on the Malik Beasley train for, like, three yeah, years yeah. now, um, and I love that guy. Uh, Jared Vanderbilt is could be something for them this year. Um, and of course, like, you know, Anthony Edwards, Josh Koji, Koji, excuse me, D'Angelo Russell. Torian Prince. Yeah. Yeah, Torian Prince. Yeah. I mean, they have some depths and some spots. I just don't like, I don't know. I'm so hesitant about making a declaration about this team because they've just haven't put it together for a season. I will say this is the first, if, if Anthony Edwards, Carl Anthony Towns, and D'Angelo Russell can all stay healthy, this is the first time we'll be seeing extended run of them. And they were, I mean, decent in the short amount of time they played together. Which like wasn't even like 10 games. Yeah, it was something really ridiculous. The sample size is super small. But, I mean, in all reality, that team scored quite a bit. And, and like you mentioned earlier, Chris Finch as a coach really helped them after he came in. Um, and they won what they went some, I mean, they were well, well over 500 when he was the head coach. 
So it's it's not out of the realm of possibility. I've just been burnt by the Sacramento Kings now for three consecutive seasons, and I'm just I, I'm just out. I'm out on these fringe teams. I'm just going to take what I know and yeah, until I'm pro- proven wrong. Right. Well, for the record, obviously, we're both off the Kings again this year. I'm well I, until like two podcasts from now when they like beat like the Warriors in in Oakland and it's like this like last second three by De'Aaron Fox or something like that and then I'll be back in. I mean, I think part of it's you know Luke Walton's still the coach there. Right, that's not good. Right. I, again, we can rehash the draft thing. Like people like Davion Mitchell, some people don't like Davion Mitchell. The three-guard thing is still weird no matter what, mm. no matter how you split it. De'Aaron, like, not to get too high on the preseason, but, like, really taking some shots off the dribble, you yeah. know? Like, like That's oh. That's the next evolution for him. So if he's doing that, and he obviously looks fast as ever, there's, there's some stuff there in Sacramento. It's just, again, you get into depth issues, of course, and then, like, what the heck is their actual lineup? Yeah. And... Right. Last but not least, um, who besides Davion Mitchell is playing defense? <laughs> I'm not sure about that one. So. That, that's a great question. I mean, bringing it back to, to the Timberwolves, the team that we, we, we did start out talking about, um, I, I think this team does sh- have a shot at the play-in. I would probably have them as my 11th team, the team that just kind of made it, didn't quite make it. Um but I mean, I could easily see a world in which Anthony Edwards takes a mini leap in year two and Carl Anthony Towns gets back to all NBA level. Um, and, you know, that changes stuff for them. It changes yeah. quite a bit. So, yeah. um, you know, I think Cat is just not desperate, but like he, he's just dying to take back over that third team all NBA center spot. Yeah. You yeah. Know, I, it's very in the realm of possibility for him. I mean, it's sitting there for him, right? Like it's, yeah. it, you talk about Rudy Gobert, Nikola Jokic, Joel Embiid. Like there's three centers right there, but I, I think there's going to be some hesitancy with putting maybe Gobert on an All NBA team again. But yeah, well, you sure. can talk about that when we get to the Jazz. Um, yeah. I, yeah, I think, I mean, if Cat gets back into the conversation of All NBA. I, that's a huge game changer for them. And he hasn't been at that level in the last couple of seasons. And that's why they picked toward the top in the last two yeah. drafts or haven't p- picked in the top oh, in cool. the last draft. <laughs> so Ryan, the team you have in this bottom group that I don't have is the Grizz. So sell me on the Grizz besides, well, they've made it before and I don't like anyone else. I just, so that that's the thing, I guess is like, I don't, necessarily love this roster top to bottom but i do think they have enough nba guys that can survive the 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 thick of january february um which i don't know if i can say that about the rest of these teams that we're talking about in the bottom tier i think they have a lot of good like fifth six starters on the roster yeah, and that's kind of what they've been working with the last couple of seasons. Like, it's not like anybody who's going to wow you. Like, their starter projected starters are John Morant, Dylan, Bo- Dylan Brooks, Desmond Bain, Jaron Jackson Jr., Stephen Adams. 
Um, That's a fine lineup. Like, honestly, like, I, I really liked Desmond Bain coming to yeah. the draft. Like, I had him as, like, a career potential, like, fourth, fifth starter, like, peak. And, like, that's kind of what he is on the team. I just don't know if, like, Jaw, Dylan Brooks, Jaron Jackson Jr. is, like, a one, two, three is then high enough to kind of balance that out. Yeah. You know, plus, like, the depth. Like, I don't know. I yeah. like Tyus Jones. Tyus Jones, DeAnthony Melton, yeah. uh, who took Kyle like Anderson. a mini mini leap last year. Kyle Anderson, Brandon Clark, who we both like. Uh, Xavier yeah. Tillman is nice. And then you're kind of getting into, you know, Jarrett Culver, Zaire Williams, that kind of range. Um, and like, I, I like taking risks on both those guys. Uh, I would get nervous about giving them extended run. Um, yeah. But I, I mean, like the 10 names we listed before, like all those are rotation NBA players. And I think that gets you into the 10 at least. Um, and I definitely I, see how it could. And I, I feel John Morant might have a mini leap this year. Like he's been so good the last two seasons, but if he can develop that three ball just ever so slightly, mm-hmm. it changes the game for them. And, and having Jaron Jackson Jr. healthy, Granted, healthy is also a huge win for them. And if he plays in the in the ballpark of sixty games, I think they could get higher than the ten. Maybe, you know, it. I don't know. uh, What I mean by higher than ten, I mean like eight. So not like too significantly higher, but like they're out of the bottom two. Yeah. I, I get that. Like, I'm not even, like, necessarily disagreeing with it. I just, you know, we talked about it a little bit with the Wolves. Like, there's only certain things you can bet on and feel so good about. But, like, right, the Grizz and their health of Jaw and Jaron Jackson Jr., mm. I, I'm just full stop, like, not willing to bet on that health in a positive way. Like one because it's all of Jaron Jackson Jr.'s injuries, but like with Jaw, like I'm, I'm afraid that dude's gonna like break his leg, like every time he jumps. Yeah, you know, I my, oh not to keep referencing the draft, but like when he came out, if you remember, I said he was Terry Rozier in or like Russell Westbrook in a Terry Rozier body. Yep, and pretty accurate. <laughs> pretty accurate. Um, dangerous level of aggressiveness. Going yeah. up again. Um, needs to work on the jumper, but like it looks cool. So I don't want to bet against the Grizz. I just don't feel good betting on them either. So they're uh I, I get why they, they might make the playoffs, but they're a stay away playoff team for me. And yeah. then let's uh let's get to the Pels. We both have them in. You know, if I had to rank those three teams, the Pels would be at the top of my list. Uh but, I just so I mean, with the I Pelicans, either. I just don't feel great about like like I like Zion. I mean, it's good that Bledsoe is out of that situation for them. Um, I just I don't know what to do with this team. Like, it feels like they should be better than they are, and they're kind of just stuck in this bottom of the Western Conference. I know it's hard to get out of the bottom of the Western Conference. There's good teams in the Western conference. Um, but I just, 
Like, unless, uh, they found some stuff with Point Zion last year, but ne- all of a sudden now they have a new coach. Um, and, you know, Brandon Ingram, I like Brandon Ingram. The fit with Brandon Ingram at Zion has been questionable. And I, I mean, I don't, I just don't know what to do with this team. Yeah. I mean, Zion apparently coming off a broken foot, as we've learned, apparently mm. will be ready for the start of the season. Well, I guess that's still kind of to be determined, though. Uh, you're right. Getting the new head coach in Willie Green. I mean, he's coming off of this good Phoenix run. So we'd like to think like some positive, uh, what, like Juju follows him. Yeah. To, to New Orleans, but I guess we'll see. I, I like Ingram. I don't know if I love Ingram. I like him, but I mean, you're right. There's addition and subtraction. Eric Bledsoe. I like the draft pick, Trey Murphy. I was very high on him coming into the draft. Yeah, I he's looked good so far yeah, in the Trey times Murphy's we've seen him. Good. To like the borderline point of people are like, should he start? Yeah. That might be a slight overreaction, but it also might not. <laughs> I really liked Trey Murphy. He was my number 10 overall prospect in this year's draft, which I was way higher than everyone else. He's been balling so far in the preseason. Mm. Anyway, I mean, between that, everyone expects Nikhil Alexander-Walker to take a leap. He brought back Josh Hart. Um, you know, I, like... Valentin- I just... I don't... I mean, like going back to off season, I don't love giving away Lonzo for essentially nothing. Yeah, that's bad. Um, they're starting. I don't. The ESPN has Devonte Graham penciled in as the starting point guard. Yeah, I don't know if, that. I don't know if that's going to be the case. I I think Thomas Sadaransky is going to have a good shot at starting. Not a good NBA at least rotation guard. Yeah. Yeah, and, and like that's a good six man. Like it helps with spacing, and maybe Devonte Graham closes games. You know, like the sure. NBA, every NBA coach nowadays will say something along the lines of like, "Don't pay attention to who's starter, pay attention to who's closing." And I think Devonte Graham will probably close for them. Yeah, but defensively, like, who's defending who on this team? Like, is Zion has yet to prove he's uh, a two-way player really he's shown flashes Brandon Ingram has been shown flashes and then we're talking about Jonas Valanciunas Nikhil Alexander-Walker and Thomas Sadaransky <laughs> like defending someone maybe <laughs> sure right and it's like maybe if those guys could even be good team defenders like that would just be a win in and of yeah. itself but right no lockdowns again that's part of the Trey Murphy conversation here is like Oh, well, like he can actually play defense. Yeah, he's got length to defend your best so, wing. That's like part of the appeal. But again, I, I don't know. Can you really rely on a rookie that much? Right. I, I think I just, I like enough of the roster. Again, I'm betting Zion plays 60 games. And then like the combination of all the other guys, plus a new coach, no Eric Bledsoe, like that's enough to get them in. You're right. Maybe it's not the eight. Maybe it's nine. Maybe it's ten. I guess it doesn't really matter. Right. But they're in that conversation. I think. I think so. It's hard to get them higher than that, unless like Zion like really comes out like in better shape and dominates. But that, that's not something we can bet on at this point, unfortunately. So Ryan, last team here, Clips. I 
honestly, if I had to rank those three, I put the clips at the bottom. Yeah, so I have them at the top of that list between the three teams, just because I, I, I mean, Ty Lue's an awesome coach. They have good infrastructure. I and I just think that Paul George plus some guys might be enough to be better than those other teams. They're going to defend. They're going to play their tails off. We kind of know what the Clippers are going to be minus Kawhi because we saw it. I mean, they won a playoff series essentially against the Utah Jazz, who we think is one of the better Western Conference teams. Adding Eric Blexo to the mix is kind of interesting. No, it's not. I don't know if it (laughs) – I mean, I don't know if it does anything for them. Regular season, it might help some. We know playoff time, it's not going to help. I just don't know. Without Kawhi, this team's just – below middle of the road like there's not i don't think there's much conversation around the clippers i think they're kind of a boring team this year i don't want to watch a lot of their games <laughs> yeah. I don't either. ryan of all that wonderful soliloquy you just gave all i heard was you're betting on clippers consistency and culture here i i know it just, sounds weird just listen back to that statement <laughs> clippers consistency and culture all right yeah, give me give me off of that one. <laughs> um, I think it's also just due in part to the like idea that if uh, Paul George gets hurt like at all, this team has absolutely no chance. Like absolutely none. So like, you're telling so you're telling me that Thunder are gonna have a really great draft pick this year. <laughs> well, it's like I mean these last two years like. Again, I know like the weird seasons and shortened game schedules and everything, but like, yeah, Paul, like Paul George, like cannot get to 60 games like these last two years. Yeah. So if he misses another 20 games, what in the world is happening with this team? You know, for 20 games, it's not going to be good. Like, are they finally going to have to play Luke Kennard because they like refuse to otherwise? Like, what are we doing? You know, so that's the thing. I think this can go in like their, you know, season to hell like type of range where it's just mm. like, shoot, like everyone's hurt. Like what is happening? And then on top of like the whole graphic situation, that's really bad too. Like they don't have incentive to tank because of the draft situation, but they might not get a choice. They might just be bad. Yeah. The Nick Batum, Serge Ibaka, Justice Winslow, Luke Morris, Marcus Morris combo at the four, maybe small ball five is not going to be good for this team. Um, so bad. I, I, I mean, Terrence Mann has been something for them. Um, but like the series, like would Terrence Mann be like their best offensive weapon if Paul George went out for extended amounts of time? Maybe. Or is Luke Morris. I mean, I would say Reggie Jackson, and I don't, I don't like saying All right, that. So there we go. There we go. It's Reggie Jackson, Terrence Mann, or Marcus Morris. I think Detroit has tried this before. It feels like a very Detroit <laughs> roster. <laughs> Gosh. Oh, you're so right. It, do, it is. Do is that mean we just can't have them in the playoffs anymore? Like we just have to eliminate this team? Well, that's the thing. Like that's why I like thought about it more and more and more, and I was like, why? Why have I been hearing that? Like. Oh, with Paul George, like he has a that OKC third place MVP season. Like, why can't the Clippers be f- five? 
there's no way they're getting that high. <laughs> because one, that's a lot of relying on Paul George after the last two years he's had injury-wise. But two, like this is not a good team. There's no Russell Westbrook on this team playing. You know? Yeah, that, that's a great point is that there was a Russell Westbrook and that was coming off an MVP caliber year for Russell Westbrook. Uh, and he continued to play at that level. But there's, there's no, none of that this year for this Clippers team. Exactly. Um, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be an interesting year for the Clippers. I think we're going to find out what this roster really is. Um, and then maybe Kawhi com- can come back later in the year. But I mean, we have no idea. I, we're not going to hear a timetable for Kawhi. We're just not. Obviously. Right. Okay. Let's step up to our next tier here. I have four teams in this next grouping. So we're into our top seven. I have one, two, three, four, five in, okay. this, in this grouping. So if I had to rank these teams from four to seven in the West, mine would go Portland, Denver, Dallas, and Golden State. But that's my that's my like tier two of teams. Yes. I have my tier two is from three to seven. And I have the Utah Jazz, the Dallas Mavericks, the Portland Trailblazers, the Warriors, and the Denver Nuggets. So you, you're throwing in the Jazz in that. I get it. Okay, so let's start with some commonalities um, here. You have the Warriors at six. I have them at seven. So we're both, you know, within this tier, relatively lower, but, you know, in this tier. So what makes the Warriors interesting or not on, on that? So to me, the I, I like the like very veteran group they have, but also like this small youth movement they have going on as well. Um, I think that makes them one of the more interesting teams to watch in the league this year because they have this awesome system that they love playing, but at the same time they have this, this young group that they want to develop and get playing times and Kaminga and Moody, um, Moody Moses um, and uh, James Wiseman and just all these guys who are, um, you know, can, can play some basketball this year for them. But then they have, you know, Steph Draymond, um, those type of dudes um, and Clay coming back and Andrew Wiggins and all these pieces who this team wants to be a championship contender. Um, and it feels like they are. It just is dependent on whether Clay comes back healthy or not. Right. You didn't mention their potential team MVP, Jordan Poole, did you? Oh, I forgot about Jordan Poole. Sorry. You know, 30 point per game score this year. Uh, <laughs> But you're so out on Jordan Poole. <laughs> I mean, like if he works cool, like I'll take like the loss on that one, but right. You know, he also got to sit and just not play for basically two years at Golden State and develop. Just, yeah, develop. But anyway, uh no, I, I like what you lot of said. A lot of what you said. I I like the young dudes. I'm particularly high on Moses Moody, like Moody Moses. That's how we have to refer to him on this podcast. Uh, again, had a number seven on my draft board. I had Kaminga number five. They got both of those guys. I think that was good. Wiseman, I wasn't as high on, but you know, 
whatever. It's going to be interesting because I don't think he's going to start this year. I don't either. I think they're going to start Looney. Um, I think Steve Kerr is just going to be a lot, going to have to be a lot more intentional with yeah. when the rookies play, how much the rookies play, like mm. what situations are they putting them in? Like it, it can't be a um, situation of like just, hey, they, they got to get in 20 minutes. Right. You're like, no. Hey, this is a good, you know, four minute chunk for them right here. Right. Hey, this is a, a good three minute chunk. Okay. Hey, you know, we're gonna get them in early in the third, and then just based off how this game's going, let let's let them close the third just to get that rep, you know? And then they'll get two minutes, you know, in the fourth, get the get the starters a breather, you know, from the you know, nine Stop. to seven minute mark. And yeah. then let the let the big big boys back in. Like that's how it's going to have to be. It's not going to be like we just got to throw them out there and let them develop. Like it's going to have to be like a you know relatively planned, regimented, yeah, uh, development system there. So I, yeah, I I think it's going to be interesting to see how much time they play. Like is <laughs> Moses Moody is he going to play alongside Draymond, Draymond and Steph a lot or is Kaminga going to get some of those minutes like I think it's going to be interesting to watch how they integrate with some of the starters um, because I think that's how you develop these guys is play them with the starters some let them get uh, make mistakes and let Draymond coach them on the floor I think right. that's going to help them and develop them a lot more um than playing with the second team and just kind of hucking bad shots. Yeah. Well, because Stay can, Steph can really help you, you know, bail out a lot of those uh, offensive possessions where something's not going well. And Draymond right. can help you bail out a lot of those defensive possessions that aren't going well. Right, right. And absorb some of those, you know, maybe bad fouls or whatever. Um, sure. And I, I, I think that's going to, I, I, I want to say I want to say Wiseman's going to take a mini leap this year, not go like full leap, like capital L leap. Um, but I mean, it can't get any worse, right? I think that's it. He's going to take a step in the right direction because, like, a step out backwards is like out of the league. <laughs> <laughs> you know? But, uh, but like again, for both of us, this is also kind of a hedging the bet on Clay. Yeah, that's what this is uh, mostly about, right? Is Clay coming back and the Warriors being going full Warriors? Yeah, if he comes back like earlier than anticipated, or when he comes back like he hits the ground running, then they could finish higher than six. Yeah, they could be towards the top easily. Yeah, in that three, four, maybe five yeah. range. But right, this is kind of the let's assume he doesn't get back to like. January 1st. Let's assume it takes him like two to four weeks to kind of get his legs under him. And then he plays it out from, you know, February right. on. Right. You know, again, this is that there's a little calculation in this. Like, you know, for me, I have them at the seven. And I won't spoil who I have at the two yet. But any of those top teams having to play the Warriors in round one with a healthy clay, like, are you Not kidding? Fun. Not fun. The, the league, depending on who's playing them, would either have a heart attack or just be overjoyed. I so, can't. Um, 
I'm very I, interested in them. Yeah, I can't imagine. I mean, it's kind of the, the, the play in like last year when they played the Lakers, like that was awesome for the league. Mm-hmm. Um, but also not awesome for the league because LeBron could have been out and before the playoffs even started. So, um, yeah, yeah I, I, I like the Warriors there. I, I think that's a good floor for them, I guess you could say. Um, if they got lower, I would be very surprised. Yeah. Okay, so another team we relatively agree on, Portland. I have them at four. You have them at five. We we just can't drop the Blazers. Like, it, that's just not in our DNA, apparently. Well, we tried it one year, and then Dame, Dame proved us wrong and got, like, the two or something, like the two or three, um, and made us eat our words. I So I am a little lower, maybe, than consensus on the, the, the Trailblazers. I just don't think they're going to be able to defend people. The the game or the people they have and and the the bench they have is just bad. Like it's bad. Like we're playing Damian Lillard. Like the starting lineup is projected: Lillard, McCollum, Powell, Norm Powell, Robert Covington, and Nurkic. And then that's a fine starting five. And and then the bench is like. Anthony Simons, Ben McElmore, Tony Snell, Larry Nats Jr., Cody Zeller. And then we're getting into like the Dennis Smith Jr., Little, Patrick Patterson, Quinn Cook, maybe. And and, and then like it drops off really hard. And I think it drops hard, really hard after we start talking about Larry Nance, because I think your top two people coming off the bench are going to be Larry Nance and Cody Zeller. And after that, it's a bunch of question marks, which is not not great for this team. And I think that's what they're going to need to sustain success in the regular season. Yeah. So, one, obviously, huge pro-Lillard podcast here. Yeah. That's part of my optimism. But two, I think they proved last year, like, they know they're getting desperate on this uh, on this timeline here. Mm-hmm. So they went and got Norm Powell. You could tell me they go do that same thing again this year. Like, you know what? This backup guard spot's just not working. Or Roko, it ain't happening. Mm-hmm. Like, washed. Uh, at this point, Portland's willing to go attach picks. Portland's right. willing to go make a move. So I'm not saying it's Ben Simmons, but like, I think they'll make a move like something to really help them. Yeah. It kind of feels like they're in that spot and it feels like the run it back one more time has been their theme for the last two seasons. And this is definitely the last season that they can do that with. Yeah. I mean, you only get so many chances in this league and if it doesn't hit this year, then like it might just be one of those like this ain't it. Yeah. Type things, you know, fired Terry Stotts, brought in Chauncey Billups. We'll see how that goes. But I I think I'll give a slight hint of optimism here. But any of these teams we mentioned in this tier, like you could tell me like it just flips on its head but within this tier and like yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's so, exact that's exactly right. Um I 
am a little higher on the Nuggets than you within this tier. I had them at five. You had them at seven. I mean, again, we're in a tier system, but still. Right. So is, is Jamal Murray really that big of a factor for you? Yeah, to me he is. I mean, you can't take away that scoring. Even if like you take away just his scoring, and we're ta- not ta- talking about any other aspect of his game, like his two-man game with Jokic is just incredible. Like it's one of the best things to watch in the league. He's really smart cutter, and a lot of their offense is predicated off of him. You take him away, and now like you're elevating Michael Porter Jr., who the Nuggets are more than likely going to play or pay, excuse me, um, a lot of money. Or did they yeah, paid? They, they, yeah, they paid him. Um, they paid him a lot of money, and, and now we're talking about Aaron Gordon getting an elevated role which we've seen that play out with the Orlando magic. And it just makes me a little hesitant. I think teams are going to throw a lot of bodies at Jokic. Um, and it's just going to be, it's going to be a rough, rough, rough going for the nuggets. So don't get me wrong. Like the Murray thing obviously matters a lot. Like a yeah. lot. One. I mean, Nikola Jokic is like a top five offensive player in the league right now. And when we talked about like the playoffs these last couple of years, it was like, what do you do against him? Like the thing we talked about was like, you can't double him. And right. it proved itself out in the playoffs. Like you can't double him because then they're just giving him the passing lane. And Nikola Jokic is fine, like getting 25 assists a game, mm. you know? So I, I think that doing that strategy to like, okay, he's the best player to get the ball out of his hands, like is playing into their system. And if anything, it's like bait Jokic into taking like shots and stuff that he doesn't want to, or like, you know, just bait him into like thinking of passes there and then get him to commit an extra couple turnovers. Right. That's the thing to me, how you're going to be this Nuggets team. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, I don't love that. Their best players are all bigs effectively with Jokic, Porter, and um, Gordon. I, I wish they had better guard play, but Monte Morris is serviceable. He's fine. They have Will Barton back for the, you know, they hardly had him last year. Right. So I think that's, you know, good. Compazzo, Austin Rivers, yeah, Bones, like, Bones Highland. I like Bones, yeah. Um, and I liked him in the draft. They have the two greens. Right, Jamichael yep. and Jeff. Yep. So, like, they have a team still. Like, you know, PJ Dozier. I just, I think they can win a lot of regular season games, mm. but in any of these, like, no matter where they fell in this seating, I don't think I pick them for like up to win a playoff series. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it does. To, to give the Nuggets credit, they did beat a practically full strength. Portland team um mm-hmm. and that says I think more about Portland than it says about the this Nuggets group but it also speaks a lot to how good Jokic is and how how like like you're saying an offensive force he is he's just gonna make his teammates better um and I think that I, I think their bench is serviceable I think it's gonna get by but once you lose one of these guards like Morris or Barton, then things start getting dicey. And if they miss an extended stretch, 
then things get really dicey. Um, I, I like Nick Jokic. I like Porter Jr. I like Aaron Gordon. I just wish Jamal Murray. If Jamal Murray was playing and healthy this season, this team would probably my, be my favorite team to get out of the West. Yeah, they would not be in that five to seven range for us, for sure. Okay, so last team here is the Mavs. Now, we're kind of flipped on this one again. You're a little higher on the Mavs. You have them kind of towards towards the top of this tier. Whereas I had them middling again, like in the six-ish seed. I know the Mavericks probably done with being like a six seed in mm-hmm. the playoffs. But so, so where's the optimism here? Because I'm not going to lie. Jason Kidd's really weighing me down. Here. <laughs> uh, it's one guy and his name's Luka Doncic. I think he's going to be an MVP candidate again this year if he's healthy. And he's just one of those players now. If he's healthy and playing for your team, you're walking into 50 regular season wins. And that, that to me, is a top-four team in the West. 50 wins is a lot of games, Ryan. It's, the, it, it, it's not – I mean, what did they win last year? They didn't they weren't too far off of that. And they were the five last year, too. So I I mean it's a touch bit bit of optimism, but I I just think that I'm not saying that I'm betting on Kristaps being like the Kristaps that we saw with New York, but he has a healthy offseason. He can develop his game a little bit. And I I think that Luca is just he's an all-world player. And I like some of the offseason moves they make made going out and getting Reggie Bullock. They have guys like Sterling Brown kind of towards the end of their bench. And even our boy, Frank Nilakita, who can help with some defensive stuff. Um, and I don't know. I just like this roster. I like this roster and Luka Doncic to me is going to be one of the best, best players in the league this year, if not the MVP. Last season and again, shortened season because of COVID they were on pace to win uh, about 48 games. So, I mean, like 50, like, isn't far off for them. Like, it's not. Right. I get, like, right, the Doncic health thing, being there, being good. Porzingis, like, again, he can't play much worse. I, I think I'm just probably overvaluing, but still the impact of losing – Rick Carlisle, which maybe he had lost Doncic's ear, whatever. I don't care. Man, Jason Kidd's like not been a good NBA head coach. And that's that's the one thing that's holding me back. I almost had them higher, actually. Um, and that's kind of the thing that has pull, pulled the reins in for me is like the Bucks um, fired him from a head coach, being their head coach. And the next year they were like a 61 team. And unless he's learned a ton at his last few stops, like I hope that's not the trend for the Dallas Mavericks. And I think he has like the right, I like developmental ideas in mind. I really do. But like what he wanted to do with Giannis and everything when he was Mm. in Milwaukee and all that. But like just his execution, like his X's and O's, like strategy and everything just like has been, wonky and he did weird defensive stuff yeah and it's like dude like the Mavs right now can like barely execute like a base defense like what do you what do you expect here so I 
again, the the West, like we talked about, is so tough. Like it doesn't give you a lot of room for error in those regards. Right. Rick Carlisle was never going to make those errors. Rick Carlisle right. could do other things wrong, but not those errors. One so, of the best coaches in the NBA. Like straight up, is Jason Kidd like in comparison to Rick Carlisle going to lose you like five games? Just, you Maybe know, like management, you know, prep strategy, weird like, timeouts. Yeah, yeah. Like, is he going to do that stuff? And just like once every month or two, just like screw something up and just be like, "What? What were you doing?" You know. Right. So that's yeah. just what I imagine happening. I could see. I mean, optimistic me has the Mavs at four, but I could also see this team like slipping as low as the seven yeah the seven kind of implies that like the warriors like really got it together or something but we can the nuggets really keep it together but again it's possible yeah yeah everything's possible with these teams so ryan who did you have in this tier that i did not have in this tier i had the utah jazz matt um and the reason is because I'm out on the Utah Jazz. I'm not like out, out. Like I still think obviously like I have them as the three seed in the West and you don't get there by being a bad team. I just don't, I don't know about this team. Like I, I, they lost George Niang. Yeah. Who cares? Like whatever. Sure. But I mean, that gives them depth during the regular season to win these games. And that's why they were, really good last season where the number one seed in the West. I mean, Rudy Gay is an upgrade, I guess. Hassan Whiteside being their backup five is whatever. Yeah. I just, I mean, Jared Butler's a nice piece. I, I don't know. I just think that there's going to be two other teams who are better um, and that are just going to be better regular season teams than the Jazz yeah. at this point. Like, I do wish the Jazz would have done more this offseason. Like, don't get me wrong. But, you know, like you are still limited in what you can do right. um, to a degree. So, like, I get it. But, like, I don't know. That team was just, like, begging for, like, a look. We're sorry, but, like, we got to trade Joe Ingles. Like, yeah, let's make this $13 million count, like, more so, especially once it comes playoff time. But – for all like the things like you kind of talked about, almost like gives me more confidence. Like the regular season, like they'll be fine. You know, it's it's the postseason where you worry about them more. So right. So unless they're gonna have like the Milwaukee Bucks, like we're just gonna try new defenses and stuff, um, in a good way, not the Jason Kidd way. Like maybe they fall to the three, but it helps them in the playoffs, like it did with the Bucks. I, I don't think that's happening. I think the Jazz should be like, no, we do what we do. We're good at it. Let's keep being great at it. You know? So that's yeah. why I'm moving on to our top tier. Like, I have them at the one. Mm. Like, again, I, I just think they're going to be a good regular season team. Like, that's all. Like, Donovan could legit take that MVP step. You take on Doncic uh, doing that. Like, Donovan right. might yeah. take that step, too. Rudy, you know, it's going to be seven foot two and stand in front of the rim. Get a million and one screen assist this year. Yeah. Like Conley is still decent. Bogdanovich, Ingles, Clarkson, 
like you know Royce O'Neal, Rudy Gay, all the guys. Like again, plenty of good players. The system works. Quinn Snyder's a great coach. Like there's nothing to hate about this team. It's just like almost fatigue with them. Yeah. Like I just like I've read the book too many times. You know. Yeah. But I'm, again, the NBA like part of it though, like that we see time and time again is like the consistency helps. If the consistency is good, like it helps. So you know, yeah. like it's hard to like say they'll be bad. Like even a Donovan like could miss ten, fifteen games, like a turned ankle, and they could like be fine. That's a you great know, point. Like, is that that luxury of these? top teams that i have they're one of one of the teams that has the most consistency from this or this year to last year um or last year to this year however you want to phrase that um i i don't know it's it's just at this point you have to prove it and the only way they're going to prove it to me is in playoffs and therefore to me you're just a tier lower yeah sure so our top two teams then for you and two of my top three are so Phoenix and LA. Yep. Yep. So we both agree that the order, if we had to rank the two, would be Lakers and then Suns. You just have them as your one and two in the West. I have them as my two and three in the West. I'm a little higher on Utah. So Ryan even with the devastating Ariza and THT news, why are you why are you confident in the Lakers? This has been what the longest amount of time off for LeBron in an off season in what a decade plus. I'll say I don't actually know, but it feels like a decade. I think it's probably since the lockout 2011 season would be my guess, and he's probably the healthiest he's been. And I think he's going to have a little bit of a revenge tour and it's going to start by just throttling people in the regular season or attempting to throttle people. Um, I wouldn't say like this team's going to be my pick coming out of the West because I don't think the Lakers will win the West, but we can combine Anthony Davis and LeBron James and then throw in Russell Westbrook. We can talk about the basketball reasons that it might not work but I just think those guys are going to win regular season games. They're just going to beat up on the, the, the Kings of the world. They're going to beat up on the thunder, the rockets. I think they're going to beat up on some of these top Western conference teams. I just think they're get, They're going to have a pretty easy way. They're going to be physical. They like playing physical. Um, I think they're going to have a somewhat relaxed regular season for what it is for the Lakers. Yeah, I just I just think the LeBron revenge revenge thing is going to be a, a factor in all of this. I think it's all true. Like I really do. It's again we can rehash it a thousand times. The fact that the average age of like the player on their roster is like fifty one, and that they are just like I mean they're. They're the team that, like, I, I can't rely that, like, if they walk out from the locker room to the court and misstep once, I, like, they're going to be. One's going to throw out a hip. Yeah. 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 Like, 
that it, it has to matter. Like you're right. LeBron just might be great, but it, it worries me that the Lakers are going to be like, Hey, let's not play LeBron 35 minutes. Um, we're, we're sitting him. Well, I think that's the, th- if, if you're looking at the pessimistic side of this Lakers team, they're, it's LeBron's what 19th season most mm-hmm. minutes ever played and like uh, two two of the last three years have ended in injury essentially and his teams haven't really been able to bounce back and if that's the case like yeah this Lakers team probably is not as like if LeBron and Anthony Davis miss an extended amount of time like this team's not going to be all that good um, which could be could happen. Yeah, you mentioned Russ. Like Russ helps you win regular season games. It's true. Like he does, and maybe that just counteracts all this what we just said. But I, I don't know. It to me, it has to matter. It's met, matter at some level. So that's why I have them like just below the Jazz. But I'm not saying like they're worse than the Jazz. Just you know, we're talking whole whole season records. All right, last one, Phoenix. I have at three, you have at two. So, you know, to me, it was, it's darn near a pick between those top three teams in terms of record. Yeah. yeah. I, would, I, I almost had the Suns at one, but I, I gave the old man veteran experience to, to the Lakers. Yeah. I, I'm a little worried about the big man, like rotation depth here, the eight and like contract thing not getting figured out. But, I mean, you got Chris Ball. Yeah, Devin Booker. We can again speculate on like when's Chris Ball gonna fall off. I don't know, you know, but the Suns are good. They're just gonna be rock solid again. Yeah, that's the thing is that this team is well coached. They play together. They've been there. They have some. We talk about consistent. We've talked about consistency. They have one of the most consistent rosters. They didn't have a lot of turnover. They didn't make a ton of moves. But this team is just – it's awesome. And it's going to be really good, again, in the regular season. And what, they won 51 games last year? Something like that. Yeah. I think they went 51 and 21. I think that's right. And it feels like they could win easily over 50, 50 games again this year. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, they won 51 last year. Spot on there. Yeah. No, again, like I said, it's kind of a pick. I'm like, any of those top three teams, if you told me they won 59 games, I'd be like, yeah. Yeah. Sounds right. Um, so that kind of leads us to our next segment, the over-unders worth betting. So we're going to give three each from the West here. We like um, some teams we have mentioned, some we have not. So, uh, sorry, I got the dogs running through on the background. What's up, Nora? Uh, <laughs> Yeti's so- featured on the podcast. Nora hasn't been. I know. Um, so we, I have two um, revolving around the, some of these top teams. You have one. So let's, let's start there. So we're using bet MGM here. I, I, I'd take the Lakers over and the jazz over at 52 and a half for each team. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I really think it's possible that like two of these teams, you know, again, like 58, and like 54 wins. So yeah, I mean that's I, I like those. I like the I like the odds there. I like the 
I like both those teams. Um, I'm not as high as the Jazz. I mean, we just touched on that. I'm not as high on the Jazz. I have the, I alluded to it just a second ago. The Suns over at 51 and a half. Like, that feels like an easy, like, yeah, give me that. Like, they can win 52 games, yeah. I think. Like and I all those three one. teams might hit on the over. Like, that's the yeah. thing. Yeah. We could have three 50-win teams in the West. Like, that's obviously not unheard of. So, yeah. No, like, these – I almost typed the Suns one also. Just, like, why not? <laughs> but this is too easy. Like, but yeah, like, I think all three of those, like, they would have to take pretty massive injury, uh, you know, hindrances to their teams and their seasons for them not to hit the over. So, um, yeah, I feel really good about those. I do, too. I do, too. So, Ryan, you have one more over before we get to our under picks. Yeah, the Mavericks at 48 and a half. I mean, I mentioned this when we were talking about the Mavericks. I think Luka's going to get them to 50. I think that's an easy over for me. Um, and, I mean, they might end up with, like, 49 but you're still hitting the over there. So yeah. Yeah. That one felt like a pretty good line to me. Yeah. Like, yeah, they feel somewhere in that like 40, you know, 46 to 51 wins. Right. Like, so, I mean, yeah, the line's pretty spot on then. So to me, it's a stay away, but like, I get it. Like if we're having to pick them, like we made it ourselves pick three here each. Um, so I'd be like, that makes sense. Like if I had to do this at a parlay, yeah. I would I would feel the least good about that Mavericks one. Yeah. But I, I get it though. All right. So we each had an under here. So I alluded to mine earlier also with the Grizz. I obviously did not have them in my plan like you did. And again, I just I'm I'm worried Jaw's gonna turn an ankle. Last year they were really reliant on Valanchunas for like late shot clock situations. I'm worried Dylan Brooks is gonna be feeling himself a little too much. Uh, again, Jaron Jackson Jr.'s health don't love it. So they're over under to me. When I saw this, honestly, this might of all those overs to me, this seemed like the easiest under. The Grizzlies under 41 and a half wins. Basically, you're just betting, like, are they going 500 or less? Mm. And to me, like, even if they make the 10 seed, Ryan, they might still hit the under. Oh, 100%. Yeah, I think that's 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 a thing. This team could, I mean, they won, what, like 39 games last year? I mean, I, I could. Think that worse. Yeah, like very easily could see them winning like that 37-38 range. Um, but I still think that gets them into the playing conversation for sure. Um, but yeah, I, I don't I don't think they're go like I don't see a 42 and 40 season for no. this Grizzlies team. Do you? Like, it's I I I honestly have no idea how the line was set this high. Like, I really don't. Like, you could have given me this line, obviously, like I just mentioned, at, like, 35 and a half, 36 and a half, and I would have had to, like, think about it. Like, I'm, like, five, six games different on this, like, in my opinion. Yeah. So, that, to me, like, that's, like, the, if you got a, you know, a nest egg sitting somewhere, 
go go get that baby out and put it on that Grizz under. Like that's the easiest one all day. I like that one. And my last one, taking the under, talking about teams going under. Give me the Rockets going under 27 and a half. Like this Rockets team is going to be a nightmare. Like I'm not taking, I'm not touching that over. No, there's absolutely no way you could bet with any confidence on that one for sure. Like it's a bunch of rookies and like John Wall, who's, I mean, they're trying to trade John Wall. So John Wall's not going to be on that team. I, I don't see. I mean, thirty like, wins what do you from Christian Wood. Like thirty wins with a essentially all rookie team. Yeah, like that's just not gonna, like honestly. You could have set this line at you know nineteen and a half. I, I mean, the Thunder. I think twenty three and a half, and that feels like a good line for both the Rockets and the yeah. Thunder. No, I don't know why the Rockets are like four games favored to the Thunder on this over under. Like that. That just seems insane to me. Along with the Grizzlies one, like, I, I honestly think, like, our, you know, top of the West overs are pretty solid bets. Like, these two unders might be even more solid of bets to, to put on this. Yeah, we need to, I mean, not to say we're going to gamble, but can we get this in, like, some sort of parlay? Like, what, what are the odds for this parlay? Here? Just to throw it all together. Like, yeah, because I feel pretty down. good about all those bets. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if I don't know if I can even do it real quick on Bet MGM. Uh, We're no. not sponsored by Bet MGM yet. No, I just yet. like their website. It yeah. looks clean. Yeah, um, like the way it looks. So, uh, you know, you'll really reel me in if you have good graphic design. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, I, I mean, uh, like, I, I, f- I feel like those. Li- I, I know a lot of this the lines are due to like, yeah, we don't know. Like we, it's kind of Vegas throwing their hands up and being like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what this NBA season is going to be. I don't know if Kyrie Irving's going to play games. I don't know if who's going to be healthy, who's going to be healthy and available and all this stuff. Like, cause there's, I think the nets were like around 51 and a half too. And I mean, I think we would both take the over on that. Right. Yeah. No, they were, yeah, again, somewhere in that 51, 52 and a half. But yeah, no, we'll talk to them more about next week. But again, and also Vegas sets line based off of what people are going to bet also a little bit. Yeah, so they're for sure. Totally, totally, totally accurate. But like, they're generally a, a good way of, you know, gauging the league. And yeah, I, I mean, I'm curious to come back and check in on this uh, here you know, at the end of the year, see how much money we've made off of this one. But yeah, can we like, I mean, not driving to Colorado to place a we, bet. <laughs> we, we took, uh, I mean, we had what after that Texas LSU game a couple years ago, we had Joe Burrow winning the Heisman. And like, we just got to take note of this stuff. We got to take note, Matt. I, that was like Burrow and like, what, like 30 to one? Yeah, something ridiculous. Like, that was. That was easy money. Right? <laughs> that one in the bank. <laughs> oh man, that's too good. Well, this this is fun. It's always a fun podcast. We will be back next week with the East. Matt, do you have any parting words? Shout out Kike Hernandez. Hey, let's keep this Red Sox. Uh, not, I mean, 
not that we care too much about baseball, but let's keep it going. You know? Yeah. We don't suck again. We don't suck again. That's an amazing line. Okay. Well, that's been it for episode 123. We will see you back for episode 124. Yeah.